0: Beautiful, thank you. Thank you, Ed, Linda. The incident I'm about to share with you, I heard uh, through, I think it was either Mark Brandt or Bill Norsworthy who told me happened uh, during one of uh, our work parties many years ago. Uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, Bill. Uh, Apparently, some of our members, uh, Unit 10 Universalists, were out working on our grounds one Saturday morning, mulching and, uh, you know, cleaning and, and raking leaves when they found a lamp. What the heck, Mark Brandt said. You know, we've got mystic pragmatism in our tradition, so let's rub it and see what happens. And He did. And as Bill and Norm Peterson were watching, a genie appeared. ask anything, and I shall grant it, said the genie. So these good Unitarian Universalists, being that they were, and John Chase was around, and he was carrying around a map of the Middle East, and so he rolled it out. And they started pointing to this country and that country in the Middle East and asked for peace. The genie said... Gosh, I'm not God. These countries have been fighting each other for thousands of years. Ask for something easier. So Bill Norsworthy said, Well, how about no more conflict between people in our congregation? So the genie said, Let me have another look at that map. Remember that? <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> At the <laughs> I prepared you, Mark, didn't I? At the 2010 10 Universalist Association's General Assembly in Minneapolis, the Creating Peace, formerly Peacemaking Statement of Conscience passed by an overwhelming majority. The first paragraph states, We believe all people share a moral responsibility to create peace. Mindful of both our rich heritage and our past failures to prevent war, and enriched by our present diversity of experience and perspective, we commit ourselves to a radically inclusive and transformative approach to peace end of quote. Now the statement of conscience is a policy statement that we pass every few years at our General Assemblies. This statement of conscience is primarily addressed to Unitarian Universalists, though it has broader applications, and it is intended as a guide to our work as a religious people as individuals, congregations, and as an association of congregations. Now this particular statement advocates a culture of peace through a transformation of public policies, religious consciousness, and individual lifestyles. It addresses the creation of peace at all levels of human interaction, namely in the world in our nation, in our congregations, in our families, and above all within ourselves. In the words of Dr. Paul Razor, who was one of the advisors to the Commission on Social Witness that helped draft the statement of conscience, he says, the statement of conscience represents a radically new approach It is not simply a compromise that tries to hold on to our old disagreements in some sort of precarious, politically correct balance. Instead, it moves us beyond the old paradigm in both its language and its fundamental orientation. It states in positive terms the ideals we espouse, the the principles that guide us, the specifically Unitarian Universalist theological and historical grounding for those principles and the commitments we are led to affirm as a result. End of quote. So peacemaking is the topic for our worship this morning. Peacemaking essentially is reducing the harm when humans live together. In peacemaking, we engage in a process of building trust, harmony, collaboration, mutual security, mutual understanding of differences where there might otherwise be divergence, discord, or violence. So peacemaking is an active way of being in peace, in the world. One could say, that Unitarian Universalists are more committed to peacemaking than pacifism. Whereas a group like the Quakers are more committed to pacifism than peacemaking. There is a vital difference. You see, peacemaking is not the denial of conflict. It is not a naive or romantic notion about peace. On the contrary, peacemaking begins by recognizing that our world is filled with conflict. That we human beings have a natural inborn tendency to be aggressive. And that while we cannot eliminate aggression completely in ourselves, we can choose how to channel our aggression. While we cannot eliminate conflict in the world, we can choose how we respond to conflict. We can learn to use conflict and aggression to deepen our regard and respect for one another, and also a sense of the holy. That would be real peacemaking. So, where do we begin? As the reading suggested that we did last Sunday, for those of you who were here, by the legendary founder of Taoism, Lao Tse, it begins with ourselves. Now, there may be a few saints in the congregation this morning, I don't deny that, but most of us, or the rest of us, are in deep struggle, aren't we? Because we, as a species, mostly are not peaceful inside. We carry around this deep inner restlessness, a toxic anxiety, if you will, an anxiety born out of our fears, our despair, our helplessness, even our hopelessness, our deep sense of insecurity about ourselves and about the world and our frustrations. And part of that inner turmoil is also the result of our constant craving for peace. I mean, who doesn't want peace? You know, Like in Miss Congeniality, you know, when all those beautiful models are asked the question, what is the one thing you want? And everybody says, world peace. If you haven't seen it, it's a great film, actually. Very spiritually profound, so... anyway so part of that inner turmoil is our constant craving for peace be it inner peace or outer peace and our somehow being unable to find it or to embody it that is we don't seem to have an enduring capacity or the time or the space to feel the depth and the breadth of our lives individually and with each other as a society as a nation as a world. We seem to be at war within and with ourselves. Now, what is the cause of all this restlessness, this anxiety? The answer I keep coming up with is fear, not hatred, not violence, not testosterone. Not some deep-rooted, aggressive nature, but fear. We are afraid, deeply afraid. And it doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative, you know, fundamentalist or progressive, it doesn't matter. We are afraid. Of what are we afraid? Well, there's quite a lot these days to be afraid of fear of losing our jobs, fear of not being able to find a job, of the economy sinking into a deeper recession, of the Eurozone going off into the Atlantic, of losing our lifestyles, of what will happen to us in the near future, of not having enough food or money or a home, of what our neighbors or the public think of us, of not being a success, of pain, of disease, of never knowing what love is, of not being loved, of death, of the inevitability of suffering, all these and innumerable other fears. We carry them with us. In these days of catastrophic change and calamitous uncertainty, there is none among us who does not experience the depression and bewilderment of these crippling fears which pursue and dog us every step of the way. We live with and breathe these fears every day. This is the normal stuff of our existence. So given all these fears, how can there be peace in the heart? Now, this is not a rhetorical question at this point. It is the question for which I believe we are all charged to find answers. This is also where we as a species are stuck. What to do with our toxic anxiety? Now, there is a vital connection between the peace or violence in our minds or anxiety in our hearts and the conditions that exist outside. Because when our mind is hostile, it sees hostility everywhere. When our mind is fearful, it sees enemies lurking everywhere. And we act on what we see. Acting in anger is not just the result of an agitated mind, it is also a cause provoking retaliation from others, and further agitation in our minds. So if negative behavior becomes habitual, we find ourselves chronologically in a negative frame of mind. Upset all the time. I'm sure we've encountered people in our lives. People who just don't seem to have anything to be happy about and we seem to be continually entangled in pointless conflicts, which is just the opposite of peacemaking. So in order to do effective peace work, to reconcile individuals, communities, or countries, we have to have peace in our minds and our hearts. And trying to pursue peace with anger and anxiety in our minds and hearts will only stir up more conflict, not help us feel peaceful. So the work we need to learn to do is to stay still with the anxiety. You know, not rush to find solutions. Not try to fix our fears, but to stay present to them. Breathe in their presence and wait. You know, the Advent season is a good time to do just that. Because the Advent is about waiting. Waiting for hope, for peace to be reborn in our hearts. And to forgive ourselves again and again for not that we have been taught our lapses, but are really merely being who we really are. And maybe then we will find peace in our hearts and therefore in our minds as well. So peacemaking means forgiving ourselves because when we hang on to regrets, That is quite a heavy burden to carry around. Peacemaking means softening our self-criticism. Something for me. Comparing ourselves less to others. It's very hard, but it's something we need to do. Peacemaking means accepting ourselves for who we are, as we are. Not condoning, accepting so that from acceptance will come the opportunity to do the deep inner work we need to be doing to be who we can yet be. I believe that all of us are given daily opportunities to work for peaceful resolutions of conflicts, be it at work, at home, with family and friends, or in our religious communities, through the ongoing and perennial practice of compassion And forgiveness and these two are fragile arts just like hospitality is a fragile art compassion and forgiveness are also very fragile we have to work at them they don't come easily or naturally we have to keep at them there is peacemaking to be done in our communities and each of us is called to do what we can to create a fairer and kinder world be it in the Tampa Bay or in the US, in the Middle East or around the world. And to do this, we have to cultivate the courage to examine our own prejudices. Let me get this straight, we all carry prejudice because we are always prejudging other people, seeing them as a sum of their faults or their achievements rather than seeing them as full human beings. So peacemaking means seeing the human being, really seeing the human being and not just the stereotypes that we build in our minds. Peacemaking is reaching past our differences and stereotypes to deeply listen to one another, to understand each other across our differences, to appreciate one another and thus to grow closer in a genuine friendship of the soul. Because what most people really want is rather simple. They want to be listened to, to be understood, to be appreciated from time to time. If only we could make room in our lives to give that one gift to each other, I think most of the misunderstandings between us can be resolved, not just in our own communities or families or here, but in the world in general. In this regard, Rabbi Jesus gives us the ultimate challenge to extend this understanding to our enemy. He said, love your enemy, bless them that curse you. So peacemaking is about getting rid of the domination by establishing Equal power relationships that are robust enough to forestall future conflict and reduce violence. Now when I say violence, it is that which causes harm. Physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, mental, or harm caused through economic and social systems. And it includes genderism, racism, classism, homophobia, ageism, you name it. So peacemaking also means changing how we live on this, our mother earth. Because we have only one home, earth. And the earth gives us everything we need for life, and all it asks from us is a little respect, which means lowering our carbon footprint, changing how we live, consuming less, especially in this season of consumerism, and being happier with a simpler life. It means thanking the earth every single day that we have breath. Peacemaking means to make peace with the earth and with other nations upon it. It means tackling the question of war. General Omar Bradley once said, we have grasped the mystery of the atom and rejected the Sermon on the Mount. The world has achieved brilliance without conscience. Ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. We know more about war than we do about peace, more about killing than we know about living." End of quote. This isn't from Mahatma Gandhi, a committed pacifist, but General Omar Bradley who wrote this. These are strong words, but we need a strong reminder of how ridiculous our values have become these days. Peace, my friends, is not just the absence of war. World peace is possible, but it cannot happen as long as war remains the dominant reality of our times. And finally, Peacemaking means creating a just and equitable society. Now, I'm not preaching socialism, though I would love to. I have no compunctions about that. Uh, this is different. It is about the deep inequities that we find in our lives, in our world today, all around us. The huge discrepancy between wealth and poverty, be it in New York, Chicago, London, Paris, or right here in the Tampa Bay, is just not acceptable. It is a form of violence. So it is time to make poverty history. And that dream is within the realm of human possibility. We have a choice, but we lack the will. And if only we can develop the will to do it, it is possible. So each one of us is called to be a peacemaker with ourselves, each other, and the whole world. The solution to rampant violence, to international suspicion, and gross inequality begins with a challenge to each of us. Change thyself. Because if we can change ourselves, we can reach anybody we should always remember that there is great hope for the world because one person changing himself or herself has effects that reach much farther than we can see. As Mahatma Gandhi said, if one person gains spiritually, the whole world gains with him and her. So wherever there have been beneficial changes in history, that is how they have come about. And we don't have to wait until another Messiah, another person, another nation decides to change. Why don't we, for a change, change first? We can be peacemakers in the small actions of our daily lives by loving ourselves instead of criticizing ourselves all the time, acting from a place of love instead of fear, developing the capacity to be aware of the urge to be violent and learning to restrain that impulse, reaching out more to our family and our friends with caring and compassionate communication, moving past our stereotypes to make friends with people who are different than we are and living more gently upon our mother earth. In a world filled with conflict, may we be peacemakers May we fulfill the words of Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. May we truly be children of the holy. So be it.